Welcome everyone to the Ave Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Daf Nun Hey. We will be beginning on Daf Nun Dalid Amur Bet. A few lines in the bottom. Amar of Chista says the Gemara. Amar of Chista. And Torah Nikrit Elbesimanim. A person who wants to acquire the Torah, not just learn it, but to acquire it in a way where it's yours. You need a Simanim. You have to remind yourself with. Uh, with different um, devices that will help you remember it. Sima b'fihem, as the Torah says in Devarim, that Hashem will put it in your mouths. Says the Gemara, Al Sima, don't read it. Sima, which is place it. Rather, Simana, give the Siman in their mouth. Let them get used to the to the reminding device in order they should remember. Shema Rav Tachlifa Mimara. When Rav Tachlifa Mimara heard of this thing, when Rav Tachlifa from Eretzisel heard this thing, Azal Amra Kamed Rabbi Abhu. He told Rabbi Abhu. Amar, he says, Atun Mehata Matitin La, Anan Mehacha Matitin La. You from Bavel, Rav Chista was from Bavel, you learned it from there. Anan, we, Rabbi Abhu, Mehachamatina, we have the same idea, but we learned it from somewhere else. We learned it from the Bazuk that says, Hatsibilach, Tsiunim, Similach. Set up signs for yourself, make them up. This is a Pasuk in Yirmiyah. And I guess they felt like the Pasuk in Yirmiyah is better, even though it's not as strong as the Pasuk in Hamash, but because it's more clear. We, we you could do it with, uh, without alta krisima ela simana if it's better make signs atus yonim la torah umay mashma da hitsun lishna de simana hu how do you know that siyun is simana without again the whole point reason why he thought the pasuk was better in yirmiyah was because he thought the word siyunim meant a sign without needing a altikri so then who told you that the word siyun means a sign says the madakhtiv vira'a etsem adam ubana etslo siyun when it pasuk says in in yahaskel that when he sees the human bone he puts a siyun next to it he puts a, a monument next to it you see that a sign is a siyun rabbi azad amad mehakha Tell wisdom, you are my sister. And you should call Bina, understanding, a relative. What does that mean? Make signs to the Torah. Make, he learns it differently. Rav says it means make time to learn Torah. Says the Gemara, "Vahainu da Amar Abedim Barchama Bardosa." This is what Abedim Barchama Bardosa says. My dichtiv lo b'shamayim he. Why does it say in the biblical verse "lo b'shamayim he" that the Torah is not in heaven, "v'lo me'eber layami," and it's not on the other side of the ocean? "Lo b'shamayim he." When we say it's not in heavens, "sheim b'shamayim hayi," because if it really was in heavens, in truth, "atatzrich la'alot ha'harer," you would be required. To pursue it all the way to Shemayim. Person, if, if Torah is life, you must pursue life at all costs. Even if you know that uh, that you're reaching it is almost impossible, you're required to try. 
ואם מעבר לים היא, אתה צריך לעבור אחריה. If it's on the other side of the ocean, you'd be required to get Christopher Columbus to figure out how to cross the ocean. Because Torah is life, and you always have to follow it. Rava Amar, Lo Bashamayim Hi, another way to learn the Pasuk. Lo Timatse B'mi Shemagbiya Da'ato Alea Kashamayim. Person who's full of himself and believes that he's it is not able to learn Torah well. Why? Because if it's, he's making himself like he's Shamayim. A person who thinks that his mind is as great as the ocean and he could cover everything, a person like that also is not capable of getting Torah because he doesn't have enough humility. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yohanan Omer, Similarly, you won't find it with people who have ga'ava. not on the course of the ocean, People who waste their time on things in this world, sahranim means salesmen, who are busy traveling and selling, even though they're busy supporting their families, but... True Torah knowledge is someone who's dedicating his time towards Torah exclusively. If you're a peddler, it's very hard to be a partial peddler. Says the Gemara. Now we're going back to our Mishnah. In our Mishnah we mentioned that the cities have boundaries that could be me'abrim, they could be Extended, says the Gemara. If it's aruka kemot shehi, if this bright says, if it's already a rectangle, kemot shehi, leave it the way it is. If it's agula, but if you have a circle, osin lozviot, make corners for the circle. Now, of course, when you make a corner for a circle. It's no longer a circle. What they mean over here, you make it, make it corners means you extend it to make corners. So around, in the middle of the circles, on the four corners, north, south, east, and west, you don't make it any bigger at all. But as you go towards the northeast and the southeast, you draw yourself a little corner in order to make it into a square. Now, Mirubat, if it was already square, and Osin Lezaviot, you don't make corners. Let's say it was uneven. For example, let's say on the north side of the city, it's squared on one side, and the other side, it's uneven. What do you do? Then you look at it as if it's equal. If one house sticks out like a tower, or two houses coming out like two towers, we look at them as if you have a string stretched over the two power, over the two houses, and they go they connect to the walls of the city. We measure two thousand more from this string and on. Let's say the city was shaped like a bow, so like a rainbow, for example. 
or kimin gam, or like a letter, like the Greek letter gam, which is like an R. You look at the inside of the rainbow as if it's full of houses. And you measure 2,000 more, not from the inside of the rainbow, but rather from these imaginary houses that are in the, the missing part of the rainbow. Now we mentioned in the Brayta, Aruka, we said that if it's rectangle, you leave it the way it is. Says Shita, of course. Why? How can you square off of something that's already squared? Says no. Lo We're talking about a case where it's long in one side, but it's short in the other way. That means that the width and the length are not equal. In a square, both the width and the length are the same thing. In a rectangle, the width is longer than the length. So you might have thought that that's also not square enough. Let's give it width equal to the length, and then we'll make it into a square, make it a little bigger to make it squared. So we're coming to tell you no, that we can't do that. So we continue with the Brayta. The Brayta had also mentioned Mirubat, if it is square, you don't make it corners. Pshita? Now that's surely simple. A square is exactly square. What corners can you make for a square? It, it, it's equal in all ways. How would you ever make it bigger? If you have a city that is square, but the square is not aligned, with the directions of the world, which means that the you might have thunk that when you have your square, you have to have the square with the top north and the bottom south. And if you have your square, let's say, sideways, where it's not aligned that the north the, the north that the north part of the city is flat and the bottom south is flat. In, in, if your square was aligned with the direction of the world, that means that the top of your square, the north side, is flat, the east side flat, the west side flat, and the south side flat. If you have it kind of like on an angle where the north side is pointy and the flat side is northeast, you might have thunk that since it's not in the direction where it's supposed to be, you could square it off as if you're making a square around the diamond. Kamash that we don't do that. Kamash we don't do that. We continue. It says in the Brayta, If one house is sticking out like a tower, or you have two houses like two towers, we say, we look like there's a string. Why did the Brayta have to detail and say that you, you'll... You look at them, if one house is sticking out, we're doing it, and two houses also. Obviously, if you'll do it for one house, you'll do it for two houses. If one house is enough to make it longer, of course, we would do it for two houses. Answers the Gemara law. Tzricha. It is necessary to mention it because we're talking about here, in a case, where it's on two sides of the city. One might have thunk 
From one side, we can say we'll make it bigger. One side, okay. Maybe, maybe you were to thunk. that once you do one side, you made it bigger. You can't make two sides bigger. Come to tell you, no, it's not true. Says the Gemara. The Gemara is quoting the Brighta. And the Brighta had said that if your city is made like a rainbow, or like the Greek letter gamma, we look at the empty part of the rainbow as if it's filled with batima hatserot. says, If you have a city that's made like a bow, if there's in between the middle of the bow less than 4,000 amot, which means that from the, the two furthest points on the bow, not towards the top, towards the two bottom of the rainbow where they have all the gold, right? That's a joke. Uh, if you have at the bottom of the rainbow, at the bo- both sides of the rainbow, from one side to the other side of the bow, again, you have a city that's shaped like a rainbow. And that, that the bottoms of the rainbow, where it's, where it's furthest from each other, if there's 4,000 amot in between the two sides, then then you will count it from the imaginary bow string, which means make believe there'll be a string attaching the sides of the bow and then use that. But if you do not have 4,000 amot, which means... That let's say it's more than 4,000 amot, then then you have to count from the actual bow and not from the imaginary line. So that's Ravuna's statement. So Ravuna's telling you that the writer's statement is true, but the writer's only true in a certain case where the bow is not too big. But if the bow is more than 3,999 amot, then we will not be able to do the deen that you saw in the Beraita. Says the Gemara, Umi Amar Abhuna Hachi. Did Ravuna really say such a thing? Did Ravuna say, Chomata Ish in the Flesabe Me'ah, the Arbaim, the Achat Vishlish. If you have a city wall where there's a hole in the wall, and the hole is as big as 141 and a third Amot, the Halakha is, that we look at it as if it's closed. It sounds like that the maximum that you could have in the sections of the town is 141 and a third. Why is Ravuna over here in our case of the bow saying that the right amount is 3,999 when really it should be only 141 is the maximum you're allowed to have? Amar Rabbah Bar-Ula, Rabbah Bar-Ula says, Lo kasha, kan beruach achat, kan mishneh ruchot. One is talking about, it's including two directions. Other one is talking about one side. Since the bow is only on one side of the city, over there we can be lenient up to 4,000 amot. But when it's on two sides of the city, which means it's to- totally on 
meaning if the hole in the city goes straight through the city, all the way from north to south, that's when we will only allow 141 and a third amot. But if the hole only goes a little in, like a, like the case of the bow, then we'll allow up to 4,000 amot better. Is that so? Then, if so, what was the point of him telling me his law that you have 141 amot? Not in our case, in the other case of the of the hole. If we're talking about it straight through, the chidush is that you allow a karpaf on both sides of the city, and it comes out to 141 and a third. Hamur Huna already said this. We learned in a different Mishnah. Turn to the page. You allow a karpaf, which is 70 amot to one side of the city. Only let a karpaf in between two cities. Chachamim allow a karpaf to one side and one karpaf to the other side. So Ravuna already said that two cities could have a karpaf added to each side. You're allowed to add 70 amot to one side of the city and 70 amot to the other side of the city. That equals 141 and a third. And if so, why would he say it again? Let's just finish this over there. You only use 70 amot altogether in between two cities. But our city with a split in the middle is really like two cities. And if Rav Huna already said that two cities each have a karpaf on the side. That comes out to 141 and a third together. Why would he say it a second time? Mars says, no, no, we still need to say it. Tzrich, it's necessary. If it would have said in our case, it said in the case of a city that has a, a hole in the middle. The reason I would say it's allowed, you're allowed to use two one forty two seventies equal one forty one. Mishum da havelet sad heter miikara, because originally it was all together, and now you separate. So therefore, because it was originally mutar, we could be lenient and say you make one forty one. Avalhatam, but over there where it was always two cities and they were never connected, emalo perhaps not. If I would have only said the case of the two cities, I would have said you know you know why it's really true. Mishum da dehika tashmishtayu. Because in that case, we're talking about two different cities. Now, each city normally uses a karpaf 70 amot outside the city. If we're going to say that uh, we're only going to give one karpaf to the two cities, so we're basically taking away land that was previously supposed to be used for the city. In most cities, they use 70 amot outside. You're going to give these two cities, you're going to penalize them because it's next to another city and give it less than 70? Why should we do that? But in the case of a city that has a hole in the middle, which used to be built up and then it got broken, where no one was planning to use that area because it used to be houses anyway. So therefore, when we take away the 70, we're not taking anything away from anyone's normal use of the outside of the city because this used to be inside the city. And my law, I would have thunk not. So Tzricha, therefore, Rav Huna does need to say his law that it's 141 is the max. Okay, so, so far, to, to summarize, we've said that from the two ends of the rainbow to each other, there can't be more than 3,999 amot. However, we're assuming a rainbow has a rainbow shape. 
according to this, let's say you have something in the shape of a magnet, you know, the old types of magnets, where it's very, very long, and on the bottom, it's got 3,999 amot. But we want to know now, is there a maximum of how much space that there could be between the imaginary string that would use the that would be go across the bow, the bow string, and the center of the U. Is there a maximum for that also? Again, we know that between two ends of the rainbow, it can't be more than four it can't be four thousand or more. But how about from the center of that point, center of the fourth, let's say 3,999, let's say so when, when you're at almost 2,000, from there to the middle of the bow, is there a maximum? How long in between the string and the bow? He says there's 2,000 amot. It could be even more than 2,000 amot. I'm going to buy it. It's probable, like Rav Breda of Huna, that you could even be more than 2,000 amot. Why? Because if a guy wants, you could walk around the bow. And therefore, who cares how much room there is? Why do you have to care? If there's, let's say, 3,000 amot from the center of the bow to the bowstring, who cares? Anyway, a guy could get the way he wants, by going around the city and through the other side. Oh, back to the Mishnah. Mishnah had said, Hayusham gedudiyot kivahot asarat vachim. If you have a ruined house that's at least 10 vachim tall, they can extend the city. What kind of ruins, ruined houses, are big enough to extend the, 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 the city? It can't be just a, a rock that used to be part of a house. Can't be two rocks. How big of a wall must it be? Amar Yehuda, Shlosh If you have three walls where the roof fell in, that's enough. I know you told me that three walls, according to Yehuda, three walls without a roof are good. Would you say the same thing about two walls plus a roof? So I have two walls and a roof, it's the same as three walls. Or do you say, no, only three walls? Tashma, I'll bring your proof. We said in the Brayta, The following things are included in the city, to be added to the city. If you have a mausoleum that has at least four by four. If you have a bridge or you have a grave that has a place for someone to live, if you have a shul, again, a shul is not enough on its own because no one lives there, but this particular shul, which has a, uh, a house for the caretaker, the guy who takes care of the building, the shamosh, Or even if you have a loalen or church that has a rectory where the priest could live, and 
if you have a stable or a silo which has someone to live in, so the guy, the, the watchman has to live there. Or if you have a hut in the field that people live in sometimes. Or if you have a house that is on a little island in the sea. They extend the city. Rashi tells us that the island that could extend the city into the water is only if the island is within the 70 Amot of the coast. Can't, you can't count an island that's really far. And the following things do not extend the city. What are they? If you have a mausoleum that has a hole through the thing, and therefore the two walls are not connected. Or if you have a bridge or a graveyard that has no uh, house for the guy who's living there. Or if you have a shul that doesn't have a place for the shamosh. Or if you have a church without a rectory. If you have a stable or a silo that doesn't have a place to live. Or if you have a um, water pit or any of these things, or caves. Or if you have a fence with a bird a bird cage. Or a house on a boat. Houseboats, these, these things don't, don't make the city any bigger. We said, talking about a, we mentioned that it has, if you have a mausoleum that has a hole straight through, my love, the ikatikra, we're assuming, we're talking about a case where there is a roof and there's a hole straight through, and therefore you see the two walls with a roof is not enough, because we said that it's not enough, it has a hole in the middle. Will answer that the bright is talking about a case where there was no roof, and that's why it's no good, and therefore you don't necessarily have a roof either. Either way, now the Gemara wants to clarify: Why would anyone have a little house on an, on an island? This is a building where they take out the anchor and all the other stuff of the boat before they, they, they store them there. Since they store the things over there, it's used. Ask the Gemara, Why don't we count caves? Right? No, says that you do use caves. It depends. You could use a cave. There's a building over the mouth of the cave, which means if you make a door over the mouth of the cave, then it counts. But if you just have a plain cave, it's not enough. If so, count the, count the door. And it became a door. Who cares about the cave? Which means 
that your cave was too narrow, wasn't wasn't big enough to be four amot by four amot. It was let's say two amot by two amot. And when we built a, a entranceway, the entranceway together with the cave equaled four by four, and therefore that's the case that we're talking about over here, and that's why it wasn't enough on its own. Amar Vuna. Yoshev, Yoshved, Sidifin. People who live in huts. They have these bo- these srif. We had that in Sukkah. And Modina and Elam Petrah We can only measure from the door of their houses. <coughs> Which means that if you have a lot of people living in these tents, you might have thunk that there's a lot of people living in these tents. So we can make like a city out of them. And we'll say that we count 2,000 amot from the outside of the city of tents. Says the Gemara, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. Instead, even though these tents are part of the city, we don't do that. We say that uh, even though they look like they're part of a city of tents, each tent is on its own, and you count 2,000 amot from the outside of the tent, and that's it. Says the Gemara, Mativ Ravchista. Ravchista has a problem. Pasuk says, Vayahanu al Hagarden mi bet haishimot. Vama Raba, Balchana, Bal Balchana, Lididi Chaziahu Atra. I saw the place where Chai Yisrael was staying at that time, where they camped. It was three parsa by three parsa. It's a big area. Betanya, Shunafnin, when Chai Yisrael used to have to go to the bathroom, when they were, they couldn't go to the bathroom anywhere in ahead of them or by the side of them. Only, only behind the camp. That means that when Chai Yisrael was in the desert, they had this huge camp of people, anyone who needed to relieve themselves would have to go behind the camp. Not in the way, not in the front or the sides, only in the back. Now, it comes out that if we're saying that people who live in tents could only count from the front of their thing, 2,000 Amot, and the tents don't count as one big community, then Chai Yisrael, someone who's in the front of the of Yisrael, cannot go to the bathroom. Since he's restricted to going to the bathroom only behind the tent, and it's more than two thousand amot to get out, because it was three parsa by three parsa. How did Chai Yisrael go to the bathroom? Like we said before, Amar Leirava Digleg Midbar Kaamret Kevin Diktiv Behu Abishim Yomim Neisau Kimandi Kavir Edamu. No, that's different. Since it says about Kaisel that they're, the, wherever they go, they're going because Hashem put them there. Hashem putting you someplace has a permanent dwelling, and even though you're in a tent, it's like you're in a house, and that's why it counts. But a regular tent only counts 2,000 or more from in front of the town, and you, you, don't, you don't count it as a community of tents. But Kaisel, since they're going up here, Hashem, it's a different law. I mean, I would have asked the question that Klai Yisrael supposedly didn't go to the, de- the bathroom when they were uh, when they were uh, eating man. However, 
That's something we have to look into a little more. Says the Gemara. Amar Khanina Bar Kahana Amar Ashi. Im yesh sham shalosh chatserot shal shne batim hukbau. If there are three chatseres, three courtyards, with two two houses, even though they're huts, hukbau, they could be, become their own things. And then, of course, there's no question on Kali Yisrael at all. Amar Bihuda Amar Rav. If a people live in a desert and they go in the in, in the and they go in huts, their lives are not lives. Not only are their lives not lives, because they're not living a normal life. But even their wives, are not theirs either. They can't be sure that their wives are theirs. Why? Tanya na miach we have a bright like this also. Elazar ish brira biria amar yoshved tzurifim ki yoshved kevanim. People who live in tents, they like to live in in, in graves. Rabbanotem uomer and about the daughters they say arur shochevim kol behema. Anyone who lives with an animal is cursed, which means that living with them. Is a problem because you can't trust their wives to stay loyal to their husbands. So the kids might might be mamzerim, and anyone who marries them, it's like living with an animal. Now, why is that so? My time, I, why? Why? Well, maybe the guy is a holy guy and he's living in a tent. Ula man According to Ula, the problem is that these guys go to all different places, and since there's no bathhouses, the people would go. The men would leave and go to a bathhouse, and they leave their wives there, and people could pass by and take advantage of them. Because it's you could notice when the women are going to the mikveh, and they could be taken advantage of. Why? Because the mikveh is so far; they're living far from the mikveh. People have to go in groups, and people could tell. That they're going together and they could take advantage of women going to the mikveh. My now, what's the difference? If you're in a place where there's a river next to the house, then there's no problem for the women to go to the mikveh. They can go to the river if the river is okay. But the men are still going to a bathhouse and Ula will have a problem with it, but Rabbi Yochanan will not. Amar of Huna. Any city that has no vegetables growing in it, and Tamil Haham Durma. Tamil Chacham is not allowed to live there because you need to have vegetables in the city. And Tamil Chacham need access to cheap food so they can learn Torah. Ask the Gemara, oh yeah? Are you, do you mean to tell me that uh, vegetables are good things? Remember the Yerek Ma'al, you want to say the vegetables are good? The three things that make a person go to the bathroom a lot. And they cause you to be hunched. And it takes away at least one five hundredth of your eyesight. But on the other hand, what are these three terrible things? Bread that has in it the rough part of the bread. And new date beer that hasn't had time to ferment properly. 
Vigedek and eating vegetables. So what's going on? Says the Gemara Lokash, that's not a question. Ha betumi vikarti. Ha beshad yarki. One is talking about when you have garlic and leek, and the other one is talking about other vegetables. Which one's which? Rashi has two ways to learn whether the two mevikarti are good or two mevikarti are the not good ones. Either way, shum v'yedek, it says in the Brayta, if you have garlic, it's called a yedek. That's a real vegetable. And kedushin, chatzi yedek, it's like half a, half a vegetable. And if you see it's known, stone is like a medicine. That's a beautiful thing. So you see that not all vegetables are the same. I thought we said that snorn, a radish, is a poison. One's talking about the roots of the plant, one's talking about the leaves of the plant. The leaves are not good, but the actual snorn itself is good. It depends when you have them also. During the days of the hama, they're, they're healthy. But during the days of Kishamim, it's not healthy. And that's why we don't have him. Okay. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen. We're going to end at the words, Amar Bihud Abarav, Kol Yish Yish Ma'alot Umanadot. Talking about cities with a lot of inclines. Okay. This way, before you go on your treadmill, you can listen to tomorrow's daf. Uh, we're on Nun Vav Amud Alf. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen.